welcome to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Mark E. Murray. You're listening to season two. In Systems We Trust dives into all things systems and processes and interviews the professionals who are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. This podcast is fueled by Ditto, a team that is on a mission to eliminate team burnout by implementing systems and processes that streamline your business's growth. Are you ready for more clarity? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. Today, I am talking with Barbara Ramirez. Barbara supports service-based business owners who are stuck in their current path by giving them the right systems, automation, and team building tools. By working through all layers of what building a meaningful business really means, you know, there's clarity, empowerment, and organization. She helps to transform her clients by embodying more challenges, empathy, and optimism into everything that they do. A Latina with big global dreams, she's always been an advocate of following her heart and passions and realized at 31 that age is just a number and you can start over again no matter what. So she quit her corporate job and started looking for ways of launching a business from home that was more relaxed, less stressful, and where she had more time for herself. Welcome to the show, Barbara. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, yeah. it's been a long time coming. I know you've been a listener of the show for uh, a little bit and yeah. you know we've been in the same circles for quite a long time and we, we've done some work together and so it's nice to have you you know on the show to talk about what you do. And so I would love to start off by you know talking about your your background. I'd love to know more about you know my virtual partner, what you do, how you work with your customers. Can you start us off with your background and you know what was happening at the time? you're working for that corporation, why you decided to quit and start this up? Okay, well, very short story. I studied business administration, I did my, my MBA, and how everyone at a young age, you finish college and then you want to start working. And I started working for these big companies in Venezuela. It was really nice at the beginning, but as you scale in your role, you go to higher roles, you have more responsibilities, they tend to have this uh, mindset that they own your time. So I thought that by having a bigger role in the company, I was going to have more time for me, and it wasn't like that. And there was this time, it was like the catalyst and the reason why I quit that job. I had a boss that yelled at me at a meeting, and I couldn't deal with that. I said, not even my parents have ever in my 31 years, yelled at me. And I literally, it was, and I will never forget that, it was my wedding anniversary. I was going to have lunch with my husband and I called him, I'm going to have lunch with you, but I'm quitting. I'm not coming back to this work. And at the beginning, yes, I was with that rush, with with that, um, I'm going to start something new. Eventually the next day I had a blue and, and okay, what I'm going to do and then, it took me a while to realize that I could keep doing what I do, but remotely, and work with people abroad from other countries. It was nothing. Uh, it wasn't that common here in Venezuela back then, seven years ago, eight years ago. It was not common for you to work from your home remotely with people from other countries. So I started researching. I talked with a lot of people that support me on that path. 
And that's what I what we do now in my virtual partner. Wow, that's amazing. So your yeah. boss was just creating a, a hostile work environment yes. from the sounds of thing yelling at you. It was good for you for taking that. Yeah. 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 Good for you for taking that step and you know stepping out and you know putting yourself first. And so, what, what was it? A good wedding anniversary then? You know, you, you you quit your job, but there's a lot on the line. How, how are you feeling at you that know, point? You know, it was it was. Now looking backwards, it, I think it was our best lunch uh, celebrating an, our anniversary. Uh, I did, in my vacations, for example, I had to take my computer because you have to be available. On our wedding, uh, like like we took this vacation, and I have my computer, and I needed to do some work. So at that point, we also realized as a couple, okay, we need to make our own time uh, together, and now we can have time to have breakfast together, to have lunch together every day, to actually sit on a table and talk nothing uh, just about personal things or or dreams we have as a couple. So I think yeah. I think it was a, a good decision. I still say that it has been one of the best decisions I have made in my life. Good for you. Um, I, I want to spend some more time there and dig into something you said. You said when I read your bio, you know, one of your goals was to spend more time, you know, working on you and, you know, by yourself. How has that been, you know, since you started the business? Because I know that oftentimes business owners that start working for themselves, that is the goal, right? They want freedom. They want to spend time on their own terms and, you know, quickly find themselves working more hours, you know, working on the weekends and late at nights and, you know, not working towards, you know, their dreams or their original, you know, goal when they set out and they quit that job. So how has it been for you creating the lifestyle that, you know, you, you, you set out to achieve? Yeah, it hasn't been easy. It wasn't easy at the beginning. Uh, for example, I knew all these things about running a business because it's what I study. But you don't learn, learn in college how to be the owner of the business. You learn how to manage it. So I have to step into being the owner. Uh, it was just me at the beginning. Uh, my husband has his, had his job at that moment, so he supported me on, on that path for like an entire year. It took me a year to have my first client. So taking that in mind that I was taking all these hours, building everything that I needed, there was a day that I asked myself, okay, um, it, Am I on the right path? Should I keep doing this? Because I see that I do all this effort. I work all these hours, but I'm not seeing the results. Uh, obviously, it's something you learn on the way. I then start realizing I needed to organize better my time uh, because I'm building this business. I'm also managing everything by myself, but I need to take care of myself. I need to rest. I need to have a good sleep. I need to eat better because I was gaining weight. It was back from my toxic work, but I keep gaining weight. So yeah, I need to make time to go for a walk. I need to make time to uh, meditate, to journal. I stopped doing that when I was working on, on corporations. Now I'm back into that, like putting my thoughts on words to then see how can how that can help me keep moving forward to the dreams that I have in life, okay? So it's, it's taking time for that, and it's different for anyone. It, it can work for me, like journaling at some point in the, at night, for, for some people it's in the morning, but it, it's something you're learning on the way. 
and it's, it has been really beautiful so far. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so important to take that time for yourself because oftentimes we, we forget that, you know, we are the most important asset in our business, yeah. you know, and, you know, our, our time is important and how we spend that. And if we spend it just on work and, you know, we're neglecting our health and how we're eating and our sleep, then things can take a, you know, downward spiral pretty quickly. So um, kudos to you for figuring that out nice and early and, you know, doing what's important for you. Let's dive into what does my virtual partner do? Um, obviously, like the name, you can assume that, you know, you obviously do virtual work. Maybe it's, there's some VA stuff in there. But I know that what you um, do, you know, expands way beyond, you know, virtual assistants and things like that. You know, you're an Asana certified pro, you know, you probably know your way around Asana better than I do. You know, I've been so impressed to see a lot of your work. So can you just tell us, you know, what is the goal of my virtual partner? How do you help your clients and what kind of work um, and spaces do you find yourself in? Yes. So my virtual partner, I have to give credit to my husband. He's the one that uh, gave it a name to the business when I was starting. And Yes, I started as a virtual assistant, if we can uh, put that name, because I was doing only uh, like the execution of tasks uh, at that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, quickly, I realized I, I'm able to do more. I just needed to uh, show it, because clients obviously didn't mm -hmm. knew me, didn't knew my background. They didn't knew I went to college, and I did the MBA, and, and I know all these things, not just how to execute a task. I could help them to plan their year because that's what I do. That's what I study. That's what I've been doing all these years. How to make uh, the forecast. They are going to make a big investment. They are going to receive a, a big funding. Okay, what's the plan you need to do in order that you actually use those funds in the right way? So all those things i just needed to re to figure out how to show it to my clients how to show their expertise so at the beginning i wasn't so good on doing sales and all of that i have to go to some uh, college friends that helped me on that and then uh, we started like packaging that in a way that we didn't show we do all these things and then no one will know how to start working with us because we know all these things and uh, what I do with them initially, very quickly, we have this meeting, we figure out what's the issue you have right now. And sometimes on the way, you, you start creating more relationships with your clients, okay? Relationships in the way that you gain trust with them. And then you start telling them, okay, we did this now uh, and we solved this, but you have these other issues that we can help you figure out a way to solve them. Maybe not with our implementation, but we can also help you find the right resources. Uh, we have done that also. We And that's why the partner in my virtual partner, we, we like to create partnerships uh, so that we keep in the things that we like to do. We have work. I have a colleague that she's a specialist in human resources, and I have clients sometimes that need some help on that. I'm really good at helping them create the, the plan that they need to do, but I will go to her to do the execution of that because I know she's the best at that. Okay? So that's what we do also. We try to connect them with the right resources that they will need for the plan that they would like to execute. Sometimes they don't know what they want, so we have to do a long work uh, of talking and, and thinking and putting to words what they want to do. 
Okay, so it's it's funny. It's it's really good because it's very interactive. It's not uh, that every time we do the same, so we don't get bored on that. <laughs> Amazing. And and for those clients that you know generally don't know what they're looking for, they don't know you know how you can help. How do you approach those conversations? Yeah. And you know, a, a second to that is like, what 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 trends do you see? What are the big problems that you're solving? Are they the same across the board? Are they unique to industries? Yeah, it's it's not unique to industries. I think it's unique. It's it's very similar to the the way that you start running your business. So, for example, solopreneurs they are all in in they all fall in the same category that they are the ones that everything is in their minds. Uh, it's very difficult for them to share because they will think that you are going to steal that information. So you have to gain trust with them little by little. Uh, it's good because I was there a while ago, so I can I can relate with them. Uh, like, yes, you can do everything yourself, but you're going to burn out. You need to seek for help. You need to know that I'm here to help you, but I'm not, I mean, I learned also, I, I took some coaching training and I don't like to tell them like directly, this is what you need to do because you're going to find a more a resilience from them, okay? So it's, it's having natural conversations, a, like listening carefully. It's, not, it's, it's different to every client, even if they are solopreneurs are the ones that I have worked the most. Um, because I like to keep it very personalized to them. Okay, what's happening with you? It's, it's like the first question I start. And from there, they will start talking. Okay, what's happening with you? What's, what's the problem you have right now? Oh, that I'm not, I'm not uh, acquiring new clients. Okay, let's go into that. Why do you're not acquiring clients? For other person is that I feel so so tired uh, of social media, but that's where I receive all the messages. Okay, let's let's tackle that first, and then let's see the rest. And from there is where I start telling them about. Okay, you need to see your bigger picture. That's just a small thing, and you can solve it. Okay, that's not the actual problem you have. Let's see the bigger picture uh, about your business. Social media is just a small part of your business, not entirely. Things like that. So it's, again, really good conversations having with them. And it has helped me in a way to have some uh, standards or templates for things. But it's always like a guide that I have that I will obviously personalize for them. Uh, Those are the kind of people that I have really enjoyed working because I learn more from them. Uh, I have worked with uh, marketing agencies, helping them organize their system, but they're all work the same. For them, I basically already have the, how the process should be because it, all marketing agencies provide the same. Facebook ads, this process, this process, and it's different. It's not, uh, they're just going to see your training, they're going to execute whatever you teach them, and that's it. That's the end of the relationship. With solopreneurs, it's more a long-term uh, relationship, so it's been great. 
Okay. And, and so you're saying, you know, earlier you approach it from, you know, HR perspective, you know, you look at their marketing, you look at, you know, some of their, their systems, how they're using the tools. You're also like coaching them through this process. Where do you find you're spending the majority of your time? Is it in the coaching and getting them to, you know, trust you and, you know, believe in the process? Is it on the marketing side of things? Is it setting up processes and workflows or implementing something like Asana? Where, where are you spending the majority of that time? I spend, a, I could say that I spend 50% of the time with them in coaching and processes because it's my okay. biggest passion of all the things that I do. And the rest, half of the time for the other things, for making sure that marketing runs well, that HR runs well, that their, op their internal operations with the VAs that they will have, all of that, okay? But half of the time, it will be between coaching and processes. Uh, I work, uh, and, and that's because that's the way my mind works. That's something that I realized in 2017. I took a, a test from, from, well, not from strategy coach. Uh, it's the Colby A index uh, that explains how you process information, how you, basically your MO, so how you deal with things. Within. So I can start, I can talk with my client and I'm coaching the client, but in my mind, I'm already drawing how, how to figure out the solution for them. Okay, he needs a process for this, he needs to build that. And I'm literally like drawing how the process should be. Okay, so I, I use, like, I do both things uh, at the same time. I do coaching because if I don't have clarity on, on their mind, it's not easy for me to help them build that process. So I need to gather all that information from them. Okay, that's really interesting. Do, do you have a framework that you follow that is the same for each client? Like phase one is this, this is what we're trying to achieve. We're, we're maybe doing some goal setting and really drilling down to the real problem. Phase two is something else. Have you created a framework for how you approach your yes. engagements? I I didn't have it seven years ago. It's a, I learned it on the way. Now I, I think I have nailed it the way that I do it. A, I go back to the to the first part of the goal setting, the their overall planning for their business. Then uh, before that, I ob obviously have some conversations and some audits. Uh, something that I did learn from my corporate work is that's in me, like making sure, okay, what do you have, like your picture before working with me, then we start working, I will do your strategic planning, and then I will make sure if I don't do the implementation because they have the resources and the people to do that, I will handle to, to like the execution of all the implementation of any changes that they will need, okay? Uh, I, I try to keep it in three steps. I learned that from a, a few books I have read about simplicity, and they call it like the magic number three. The brain can only handle three main things. So that helps me when I'm talking with them, especially with solopreneurs. You tell them, I have these seven steps to help you. They will stop hearing you at the third step. For the rest, they will forget about that. So I'm keeping everything in three main steps. And within, within those steps, we will have a small milestone. Okay, for this, I already delivered this uh, milestone, then the second milestone and so on. But three main steps that I keep. 
That's really good. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard that before. You know, just keeping it simple, one, two, three. Yes. So it's good that you're following that. Um, I'd love to know what the output or the result of the audit looks like and what the implementations typically look like. Are you, you know, creating the workflows for them, building the processes, and then, you know, giving it over to their team and coaching them through the implementation? Are you doing that work? And, and what do the systems typically look like that are being built out for some of these clients? Okay, so at the beginning, if they don't have the team to do that, that obviously we will need to do it. There's obviously some training we will do with the clients. Uh, we always make sure that they don't keep jo uh, like solopreneurs after working with us because we will show them that they need people in order to keep growing and to keep focusing on what really matters for their business, okay? I think in rare cases, they have keep, they have keep working alone, okay? Uh, and then at the end, they will tell us, yes, I hire a VA six months later or so on, but it's, it has been just one case, I think. Um, when they do have a team, uh, we include one of the milestones in the last uh, part of our framework is some training. Uh, since there are usually small teams, we do it one-on-one. -on -one with some tests at the end to make sure that everyone in the team understood what we are teaching and that the implementation that is set up is running okay because we don't want to stop working with them and then they don't use the system that we set up, okay? So we do some, like, some quick tests at the end to make sure that everyone is okay. If they have questions, we'll have a follow-up uh, meeting with them to make sure uh, we answer all of them. Um, if they require something more, then obviously that will be like another project that we would need to tackle. But we usually make sure to deliver everything to them so they are trained and they are okay to keep going in, in, in running the business without having us every time. We are always open to keep coaching them, but for their system, the idea is that they know you have the system to run your business. and. You don't need to have us there every day. We already built it for you. We train your people, and you can you can have the confidence. That's something we we cover in the coaching. They need to have trust and confidence in their team. In some cases, they're like, yeah, but they don't know Asana, or they don't know how to use um, Active Campaign, or they don't know how to use. The no, they. Maybe they're not an expert on the tool, but if you teach them and if you tell them where to train better, they're going to be able to do that. That's the least part. Anyone can learn any tool. You just need to learn what's the purpose of having that tool. What's behind that? Okay, this tool is going to help you this. Hey everyone, it's me, Marquis. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you a bit more about Ditto. If you've been listening to In Systems We Trust for a while, you've heard firsthand accounts of how systems and workflows change the landscape of work for businesses and leaders across the globe. Ever felt like there just aren't enough hours in the day? Is your startup starting to grow and scale and you're wondering how your systems will scale with it? Maybe you're part of a widespread multi-level corporation that needs to update and overhaul its standard operating procedures. Well, if you can relate, Ditto can help. Eliminate team burnout, keep your best talent, and have a clear system in place to help you and your business achieve your goals. Visit thinkditto.com to learn more. 
I, I love that you said that. Yeah, because, you know, you, you find it so often where you, if you are working with a, a smaller team or a solopreneur, right, and they're bringing on people for the first time, they're used to doing everything themselves. And it's hard to give over that control. It's hard to trust yes. someone else because you've been doing it yourself for so long. Right. But that's really the goal. You you implement processes, you implement standard operating procedures so that you can grow so that you don't have to be the center of everything so you don't have to be spending your time training them but it, it does definitely come with that trust um, something yeah. you said there a minute um, made me think because you're doing the coaching and, and the goal setting how are you you know managing the the success of you know your clients at the different stages are you managing or you know um updating them on when they reach those goals are you tracking those goals along with them so you can see how they're progressing when they've hired that new person when they've scaled to their next level yes uh, other good thing that i kept from the toxic corporate work uh, you know big corporations have kpis for literally everything even every time you take a, a 30 minutes break, they will have a KPI for that. I, I don't go to that level of details with, uh, with solopreneurs, but I do set some KPIs for them, uh, for revenue, for expenses, for people, uh, individual goals for people too. When they have a team, it's not just a goal for the business, but also for them. Uh, I follow and I love OKRs because it, right now we call them OKRs. Uh, 25, 30 years ago, it was uh, administration by objectives. It's the same. You have uh, some goals uh, for your business and then you break it down by quarter and everyone will have a goal that needs to be aligned with the goal of the, of the business. And what I love about uh, OKRs is that you set business goals and personal goals. So not just the solopreneur, but everyone in their team will have, they need to have their own personal goals because we don't want the, the business owner. I don't like to call them just solopreneurs because they're business owners too. We don't want them to burn out, but we don't want their team to burn out either because if they keep in that path too, they're going to quit. So we don't want that for them. So we always make sure they also have personal goals and that everything goes into alignment so we build all of that inside Asana, obviously, because I just love how it works in, inside Asana. But if they decide not to use Asana, that's okay. I still will build it. I have done it uh, with a couple of clients with Airtable, for example. They're engineers, so their mind thinks differently. They're more structured in a way. So they like only spreadsheets. So with Airtable, I have set their goals too and the KPIs. And I... Even though I finish a work, I do some follow-up with them. I will send a casual email every time to time uh, to see how they're going. Hey, you have this goal? How are you doing with that? Uh, sometimes they will say they reach it. Sometimes they will say, no, we couldn't, but we learned this. So it's it's something I keep having these conversations with them to see how they're progressing with their goals. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Actually, just it's interesting you said that because I just did a video on goals and OKRs in Asana. Uh, I, I might, I might link it in the show <laughs> notes um, for anyone who's on YouTube. It's, but um, it's really great. On. No, that I was going to say that it's really great. It gives you yeah. like this entire visibility. I just love it. Have you read Measure What Matters? 
by, by it, John Doerr? It, it, was, yeah. it was a must in college. I read it in okay. Spanish. Oh. It, it was a must. Uh, I have okay. I have two semesters that it was just about that. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And had you known about OKRs before reading that? Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, okay. I read about, I, I mean, I have worked with a all about goal planning and goal setting since 20, uh, 2005 that I started in this corporate world. So, yeah, it's... Okay. And <laughs> I, I want to dive a bit more into this. We talked about, you know, or you briefed over um, KPIs. And so when you're working with your customers then, we're talking about goals, we're talking about OKRs. How do you, you know break down the need for OKRs and how do you translate that into actionable steps? How do you tie that into the work that's happening in inside of their spaces? I mean, you, you said Asana. Um, and so you can attach your projects that you're working on to the actual goals. So where do you approach that? You mentioned that um, KPIs that you measure are revenue, expenses, personal goals, business goals. So how do you approach this conversation and actually, you know, create the structure and the measurable um, metrics for your customers. Yes, when I have the strategic planning sessions with them, it usually takes like three days. We always start with their vision, their long-term vision. Uh, we recap on their core values. Sometimes we need to do an update if if it has been a while that you define your core, your business values and maybe you have more that you need to add into them. Uh, we do some thinking about how the year went, what they learned, what things that... It, it's a very long session. I can summarize it uh, very quickly. Sorry. Um, what went well, what didn't well, went well. Basically, a retrospective, but for the entire year. And then we compare it to the last three years, how you have grown. Because sometimes we just see... Uh, and, and this is very common even for big business, for big companies like okay this didn't work but you haven't seen all the other good things that you have accomplished so I bring that into them that's why I like to see like okay this is just a picture of 2021 for example but this was 2020 and this was 2019 and so on and now okay how do we see uh, 2022 what's going to happen how do you see yourself at the end of 2022 i start with that that's from strategic coach i learn it and i can send you the information about this program i they have this question and i have it on somewhere on my social media too that i really love that okay if if we meet together in a year from now in december 1st 2022 what has had to happen all these 12 months for you to say to say to me on 2022 that it has been a successful year? And from there, we're going to, uh, all the answers that I get from the client, those are going to start being uh, the way that I will draw the objectives for them. And then we will discuss them. Okay, these are the things that need to happen. These are the objectives you need to focus in 2022. And these are the key projects you need to start working on in 2022. And I will tell them when to start working on them uh, so that when we meet again next year, that actually happens, okay? That's, I, I think that's a really good way to approach, especially for small businesses, 
because sometimes they they don't they don't think that they don't have the time to or or they just don't see the value on having all this time to think about your business because they're just so busy with other things that they don't see, okay, but what do I need to think about this? I just tell me what are the objectives and I, I cannot tell you what you need to do. You are the owner of the business. It's your business, not mine. So I can help you put words into, into the objective. So let's do it. And that's the way that I, that I have done it so far. And it's really great. They realize uh, that it's not that difficult to define your OKRs and the OKRs for your team. Yeah, that's great. I, I love your, your approach to, to it. It seems really in-depth. And so because you do this so often, do you recommend to your customers or are there any, um, you know, kind of re recurring KPIs that you should be measuring or reviewing, you know, weekly versus monthly? quarterly and then annually do you typically break that down for them or does it depend on their specific goals yeah it, it will depend on that um sometimes they because it creates anxiety for them to see their all their numbers every week for example so i always ask them at least once a month and that's a task that is in their asana to see their main, their overall KPIs at least once a month when they um, they have this meeting with a team to catch up on the quarterly objectives. Usually it should be once a week because if we talk about OKRs, you plan your year, then you break it into quarters and you need to meet every week. But for them, for small businesses, it's too overwhelming to meet every week to see that. And it creates anxiety. So what I do is with keep, I identify the key people that do need to keep an eye on that. So let's say, um, especially for spends, when they start working with uh, Facebook ads or Google ads, you cannot wait a month to see that. You need to basically see that every day if possible, because you can lose a lot of money. So what I will do is I will set up a system for the person that will execute that Okay, and we and, and we create some standards. Okay, so if you are below this or above this, then you need to discuss it with uh, the with your boss, with the business owner. If not, it's okay, and we do that uh, not just uh, for the KPIs, but in general. They going back to the to the part of the trust. They will hire someone to help them with their finances because you cannot handle everything. But we will create standards too, okay? You can make decisions between up to this amount. If it's beyond that, then you will need to discuss it first and have approvals, okay? Because they will need small things like, I need to buy, I don't know, something for my computer to keep running or to print something. That's a small thing. You need to ask permission for that. You will just do it and then report it, okay? So, that's that's basically what I do, like setting up a system for them to have this monthly meeting where they will see all the objectives and the KPIs. And then just for the key people, what you need to keep an eye on every day because it's your job, it's, it's your work to do that. Very, very interesting, thank yeah. you. And your process, like kudos to you, it's, it seems really airtight and having worked with you, I can say that you are a pro at what you do. Thank but you. there are always, 
things inside of organizations that you know don't go according to plan or aren't as efficient as we would hope and anyone who's a longtime listener of the podcast you know has heard me say this what episode are we on now i don't know 35 maybe you know it's this concept of work about work and so i know you know what that means so my question is what systems have you implemented in your business that help you to eliminate work about work so you can focus on the things that truly matter I don't know if, if we can call it a system, but yeah, my my own organizational system of my time. And, and it's like one of the first things that I cover with my clients too. How do I how do I make sure I say I, I'm the saver of my time, that I have time for the things that I need to do? Because if I don't, I'm going to be exhausted. I'm not going to uh, respect my client's time uh, properly in that meaning that if I go to a meeting with a client and I'm tired, I will not be focused. I will not be able to listen them well. And therefore, I will not be able to do the work that I do in the way that I do. Okay. So it's something that it took me a while to understand it, that I don't need to be uh, doing all the things all the time. Okay. I need to also stay back and trust in, in having more people in the team to delegate, okay? To the same thing that I do with my clients, I have I needed to do it for myself. We have this saying in, in like in in the house of the uh, uh, I can look for that later. I want to waste time, but I wasn't doing it 100% for me what I was doing for my clients. So I have to do some changes there to make sure that I'm rested. And I think I mentioned this to you before. I have even some rituals before meetings. Uh, if I have a full day of meetings, I will make sure I have at least 15 minutes, if possible, 30 minutes between one minute to another one, If depending on the type of meeting too. But for me, big meetings that I need to carefully listen to that, I need to do some, uh, I need to take off of what I'm doing in order to focus on that. Okay, I yeah, that's basically what I the system that I have right now that is it has really been really helpful. I think the thing you're looking for, maybe it's different, you know, where you're from, but what, what was coming to mind for me was the cobbler's kids have no shoes, right? The, Eggs, the or the yes. shoemaker's kids have uh, no shoes, exactly. right? So, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're saying all these things that you know sound great <laughs> and you know you should be doing, but you're not doing them yourself. Yeah. So, I understand that. I, I, I'm going to ask you to actually um, walk the listeners through your ritual because you've you've told me what it is and it's really interesting <laughs> and it's how you prepare for like your calls and your presentations. Can you walk us through your ritual, please? Yeah, so I like I said, I need to have at least 30 minutes if I can have an hour. It will be like the best because I can take a quick nap <laughs> if I, if possible. And yeah. when I take a nap between one call to another, even if it's 10 minutes, it's like when you wake up and I'm so fresh, it's super great. But when I don't, I usually have like 30 minutes. I will freshen up my face like with really cold water. It, it helps like wonders, okay? I will take coffee. Obviously, I need to take coffee. Now I realize it's not so helpful to to healthy eat so much coffee. I'm working on that. But it's my favorite beverage. And I don't know, the flavor is just so wonderful. And I have to take Marley, my dog, uh, for a walk. Uh, no phone, 
no nothing i will keep the phone in the house okay um it's the reason why i do it is because if i take my phone with me i will check on the phone and i'm not disconnecting from the things i want to disconnect so Unless I have an issue, like for example, recently, uh, a few days ago, I had a morning, uh, on Monday morning and afternoon a few meetings, and then in the afternoon, the power went off. I needed to obviously communicate with the person and I couldn't do my, my meeting ritual. I was in the process of that. But if there's no issue, I will leave the phone, okay? Take a few minutes, uh, 15 minutes at least, or 10 minutes, uh, I work with Marley. It helps, uh, and, and there's something, in, I know that I have read there's a sign behind having your feet in the ground. Sometimes I don't hear at home because I sit in this comfortable way, but having your feet in the ground, it recharges you, your, your energy. So it helps me to, to, to feel better, to walk and feel better, okay? Then I go back, I will take probably another cup of coffee, I will make sure that I'm okay, I will put some music to uh, set the mood, to say, okay, I'm ready, let's do this, and then I will jump into the meeting. If it's a, a training with a lot of people, I will bring in some music at the beginning to, like, to help them feel like, yeah, okay, let's do this, and they don't feel like, okay, it's just another training. No, I will set a really nice move with them, and then we will jump into the training. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, you're setting the tone for your day, for your calls, and you're actually, you know, um, bringing that energy into the calls with your your, yeah. your customers as well. That's amazing. A um, couple of questions I have for you just here as we are getting to the end of our of our time together. Um, what would you say as a business owner, you know, what, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned, you know, in your time as a business owner that you wish you knew when you first started? I know my parents are going to hate me. They're going to listen to this and they're going to hate me. I love them. But don't share with your parents uh, your, your big plan or whatever you want to do because they are going to be the first. They are going to tell you, uh, not no, but they're going to make objections on everything you want to, to do. Not because they don't want to see you succeed. They want to see you succeed. But they're always going to try to keep you safe in a way that you don't fail. It's not, I mean, it's not their fault. It's the way that they were raised. And they want to, in a way, that's the way to say that they love you. But they're not supporting you by making so many objections. So it was hard for me because I, I, I have all these objections at the beginning because obviously, naturally, I will look for them for their advice. I learn a lot from them, especially from, from my mother. But then going back, I, probably I wouldn't share so much with them about what I wanted to do when I quit my job because it was really hard. It was really hard. So I, that would be my... Yeah. my my advice. Thanks for sharing that. 
thanks for sharing that. And parents, Barbara means well. Don't don't. Yeah, no, her. I know, um, I know. We all have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. We, we I all know. have stories about parents that object to our choices. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll share some of mine on a different episode. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that, though. Um, last one before we wrap up here. What do you want to be known for? You're creating this business. You're you know imparting all this knowledge to your customers. You're putting out social media content into the world. You're creating a new course that's going to launch soon. What does Barbara and my virtual partner want to be known for? Yeah, so yeah, we're doing all these things. I believe in that even though you have to have like uh, keeping your son of genius in the things that you're good at, it's okay to have all mm-hmm. this passion and all these things. Uh, that's why now I think my husband is with me, so he will help me uh, touch the ground and focus on one thing at one thing at a time. Okay, I I'm multi-passionate, uh, but I think that from all of that is more than my work and and the work that we do at my virtual partner is how we see my virtual partner in like ten years from now. Okay, so we do all this work with the, with our clients, but what we want is for uh, for for the clients that we work and and the people that they meet, they know. Okay, uh, know that here in Latin America there are really intelligent people. That's something that I deal with a lot seven years ago, eight years ago. Ah, but you're from Latin America. I cannot hire you because you don't know how to speak English. I do know how to speak English. I write English very good. You have some mistakes on your email. Uh, I'm really not knowledgeable. I know all these things. So I just needed to know how to deal with that. I think that maybe the Barbara eight years ago is totally different to the Barbara you're talking right now. I have matured more on, on that part, okay? That comes with learning how to run your own business. But is that is uh, making sure that um, we highlight the the people we have in Latin America and they are capable of a lot of things. I know you probably have read about these big Latin Americans that we, we there's a Venezuelan, a woman that works for the NASA, for example, and that's great, but that's like one in a million. So there's more people here that we need to highlight that talent. I cannot hire them all, obviously, but I want to give them the the tool. So that's why we are doing this course too. So we're doing this program for that. Not just, I mean, it can be for any service provider. It can be if you are a virtual assistant and you want to start the way that we started. So it's going to cover all of that. Uh, how to help you, obviously, to look for resources and help in the case that you need and some recommendations. So that's what uh, we are envisioning for my virtual partner in like 10 years from now. It's, it's a big project. It's not something that will happen from one day to another, but it's also the reason why we're doing what we're doing right now. That's incredible. Love yeah. the vision. Love where you're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, working with you has been incredible. And I have no doubts that you're going to reach and achieve all those goals and so much more. Um, thanks so much, Barbara. It was amazing having you on the show. Where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about my virtual partner? Where do you hang out online? Where can we send them? 
I'm, you can see me on my stories almost every other day, <laughs> okay? I close out all my personal social media and you can find me only as at my virtual partner everywhere, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I'm always at, at my virtual partner uh, without the at the end. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me, mostly on my stories, like sharing some tips and, and things that I learn. And yeah. That's where I'm at. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much, Barbara. Mm. Appreciate you taking the time out to be Thank here you. today. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me here. It was really fun. Thanks for listening to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Marquis Murray. If you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to rate the episode and share it with a friend. Head over to thinkditto.com to learn more about how the team at Ditto can help your business scale by implementing the systems and processes needed to get you there.